0: Welcome to Quantum Magazine Science Podcast. Each week, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. This week, bringing back an old argument against dark matter. For 80 years, scientists have puzzled over the way galaxies seem to gravitate towards something they cannot see. This so-called dark matter seems to outweigh all visible matter by a ratio of 5 to 1, which suggests that we barely know our own universe. Thousands of physicists are searching for these invisible particles. But the dark matter hypothesis assumes scientists know how matter in the sky would move in the first place. In November, a series of developments revived an unpopular argument that dark matter doesn't actually exist. In this view, missing matter isn't needed to explain the strange motion of galaxies gravity itself would work in a different way than either Isaac Newton or Albert Einstein predicted. This latest attempt to explain away dark matter is a proposal from Erik Verlinde, a theoretical physicist at the University of Amsterdam. Verlinde is known for bold, sometimes imperfect ideas. He portrays gravity as a byproduct of quantum interactions. He also suggests that the extra gravity attributed to dark matter is an effect of the dark energy permeating the universe. Verlinda says that instead of hordes of invisible particles, dark matter is an interplay between ordinary matter and dark energy.
1: I work on emergent gravity and I'm trying to explain the phenomena associated to dark matter. Uh, Emergent gravity is a way of describing gravity which explains where gravity comes from by thinking about space-time as being built out of microscopic quantum information. Uh, This quantum information is entangled and from thinking about the entanglement entropy, we can derive uh, Newton's law and the Einstein equations. But now, in the case of our universe, we also have dark energy, and what I show is that uh, from dark energy you can actually explain, using emergent gravity, what happens in galaxies, like uh, galaxy rotation curves that start flattening, uh, which are normally explained through dark matter, Now, dark matter is then thought of as a particle, but in my theory there is no particle uh, dark matter. Uh, Dark matter is just a phenomenon that emerges from the way that gravity works in uh, our universe.
0: To make his case, he takes a radical stance on a popular new idea about the origin of gravity. Einstein defined gravity as the effect of curves in space-time created by the presence of matter. But according to this new approach adopted by Verlinde, gravity is an emergent phenomenon. Space-time and the matter within it are treated like a hologram. The hologram comes from an underlying network of quantum bits or qubits, just like the three-dimensional environment of a computer computer game is encoded in classical bits on a silicon chip, Verlinda traces dark energy to a property of these qubits. On large scales in the hologram, he argues, dark energy interacts with matter in just the right way to create the illusion of dark matter. In his calculations, Verlinde rediscovered the equations of modified Newtonian dynamics, or MOND. This 30-year-old theory tweaks the inverse square law of gravity and Newton's and Einstein's theories in order to explain some of the events supposedly caused by dark matter. It's an ugly fix. Physicists have been puzzled why it works at all. Verlinde says he has a way of understanding MOND's success from a more fundamental perspective. Many experts have called Verlinda's paper compelling but hard to follow. It remains to be seen whether it will hold up to scrutiny, but the timing of the paper was lucky. A new analysis of galaxies published just two days later helped strengthen Mann's case against dark matter. The researchers who published that paper, led by Stacy McGaugh of Case Western Reserve University, analyzed 153 galaxies. For each one, they compared the rotation speed of visible matter at any given distance from the galaxy center with the amount of visible matter contained within that galactic radius. Remarkably, these two variables were tightly linked in all the galaxies by a universal law, dubbed the radial acceleration relation. This makes perfect sense for Mond, where visible matter is the exclusive source of the gravity driving the galaxy's rotation. With such a tight relationship between gravity felt by visible matter and gravity given by visible matter, there would seem to be no room or need for dark matter. And dark matter now faces a third challenge. A team of Dutch astronomers have conducted what they call the first test of Verlinde's theory. They compared his formulas to data for more than 30,000 galaxies. They found that he correctly predicts gravitational distortion or lensing of light from the galaxies. Cleansing is another event normally chalked up to dark matter. This is somewhat expected. Mond's original developer, the Israeli astrophysicist Mordechai Milgram, showed years ago that Mond accounts for gravitational lensing data. Verlinde's theory needs to succeed at reproducing dark matter phenomena in cases where the old Mond failed. Catherine Zurich, a dark matter theorist at Lawrence Berkeley National Lab, says Verlinde's proposal at least demonstrates how something like Mond might be right. One of the challenges with modified gravity, she says, is that there wasn't a sensible theory that gave rise to this behavior. If Verlinda's paper provides that framework, that by itself could breathe new life into Mond. In Newton's and Einstein's theories, the gravitational attraction of a massive object drops in proportion to the square of the distance away from that object. This means stars orbiting around a galaxy should feel less gravitational pull the farther they are from the galactic center, which means they would orbit more slowly. Stars velocities do drop as predicted by the inverse square law in the inner galaxy. Instead of continuing to drop as they get farther away though, their velocities level off beyond a certain point. The astronomer Vera Rubin discovered this flattening of galaxy rotation speeds in the 1970s. Many scientists consider it an important point in favor of the dark matter hypothesis. This flattening is explained by dark matter clouds, or halos, that surround galaxies and give an extra gravitational acceleration to their outlying stars. Many searches for dark matter have largely focused on hypothetical, weakly interacting massive particles called WIMPs and lighter particles called axions, but so far experiments have found nothing. In the 1970s and 1980s, some researchers, including Mordechai Milgram, took a different approach. Many early attempts at fixing the gravity problem were easy to rule out, but Milgram found a winning formula. When the gravitational acceleration felt by a star drops below a certain level, he theorized that gravity somehow switches from an inverse square law to something close to an inverse distance law. Here's Stacy McGaw, the astrophysicist from Case Western.
1: There's this magic scale of, of uh, uh, 10 to the minus 10 meters per second per second. Um, above that scale, everything is normal and Newtonian. You don't ever need uh, dark matter. Uh, below this scale is where things get strange. Uh, but the theory does not really specify how you get from one regime to the other.
0: Physicists do not like magic. They left Mond for dead when other observations seemed far easier to explain with dark matter. Verlinda's theory gives Mond new life by attempting to explain the method behind the magic. Verlinda first jotted down a back of the envelope version of his idea in 2010. It built on another famous paper he'd written in which he boldly declared that gravity doesn't really exist. He weaved together concepts at the leading edge of physics and concluded that gravity is an emergent thermodynamic effect related to increasing entropy or disorder. Then, as now, experts were uncertain what to make of the paper, but it inspired useful discussions. The particular brand of emergent gravity that Verlinde proposed turned out to not be quite right, but he tapped into the same intuition that led other theorists to develop the modern holographic description of emergent gravity and space-time. Verlinde has absorbed that approach into his new work. In this framework, space-time and everything in it is a geometric representation of pure quantum information, or data stored in qubits. Unlike classical bits, qubits can exist in two states at the same time with varying degrees of probability. They become entangled with each other so that the state of one qubit determines the state of the other, and the other way around, no matter how far apart they are. Physicists have begun to work out how the entanglement structure of qubits mathematically translates into an associated spacetime geometry. An array of qubits entangled with their nearest neighbors might encode flat space, for instance. More complicated patterns of entanglement could create matter particles such as quarks and electrons, whose mass causes the space-time to be curved, producing gravity. Mark Van Romsdunk, a physicist at the University of British Columbia, says the best way to understand quantum gravity right now is this holographic approach." Researchers are working on the mathematical translations for holographic universes with a space-time geometry called anti Sitter or ADS space. But universes like ours have Sitter geometries. They have proved far more difficult. In his new paper, Verlinde suggests that it's exactly the Sitter property of our native space-time that leads to the dark matter illusion. Decider space-time like ours stretch as you look far into the distance. In order for this to happen, a tiny amount of background energy, or dark energy, must permeate space-time. This drives space-time apart from itself. Verlinde models dark energy as a thermal energy, as if our universe has been heated to an excited state. He associates this thermal energy with long-range entanglement between the underlying qubits, as if they have been shaken up, driving entangled pairs far apart. He argues that this long-range entanglement is disrupted by the presence of matter. Matter essentially removes dark energy from the region of space-time that it occupied. The dark energy then tries to move back into this space, applying a kind of elastic response on the matter that is equivalent to a gravitational attraction. Because of the long-range nature of the entanglement, the elastic response becomes increasingly important in larger volumes of space-time. Verlinde calculates that it will cause galaxy rotation curves to start deviating from Newton's inverse square law. And they should deviate at exactly the magic acceleration scale pinpointed by Milgram in his original Mond theory. Van Rumsdunk says Verlinda's idea is an important step, but he says it's too soon to tell whether everything in the paper will hold up. Brian Swingle of Harvard and Brandeis Universities also works in holography. He says Verlinda lacks a concrete model universe like the ones researchers can construct in ADS space, giving him more wiggle room for making unproven speculations. Swingle says, to be fair, scientists have gotten further by working in a more limited context, like ADS space, which is less relevant for our own gravitational universe. He says we need to address universes more like our own. Swingle holds out some hope that Verlinde's new paper will provide some additional clues or ideas going forward. Verlinde could be capturing the spirit of current physics the way his 2010 Intropic Gravity paper did, or he could be flat out wrong. The question is whether his new and improved Mond could reproduce phenomena that stumped the old Mond and encouraged belief in dark matter. One such phenomenon is the bullet cluster, which is a galaxy cluster that's colliding with another cluster, the visible matter in the two crashes together. But gravitational lensing suggests that a large amount of dark matter has passed right through the crash site. Some physicists consider this indisputable proof of dark matter. But Verlinda thinks his theory will be able to handle the bullet cluster observations just fine. He says dark energy's gravitational effect is embedded in space-time and that it's less deformable than matter itself. This would allow the two to separate during the cluster collision. But the crowning achievement for Valenda's theory would be to account for the suspected imprints of dark matter in the Cosmic Microwave Background, or CMB. This is ancient light that offers a snapshot of the early universe. The CMB snapshot reveals the way matter at the time repeatedly contracted due to its gravitational attraction and then expanded due to self-collisions. These contractions and expansions produced a series of peaks and troughs in the CMB data. Because dark matter does not interact, it would only have contracted without ever expanding, This would modulate the amplitudes of the CMB peaks in exactly the way that scientists observe. One of the biggest strikes against the Old Mond was that it failed to predict this modulation and match the peaks' amplitudes. Verlinde expects that his vision will work because matter and the gravitational effect of dark energy can separate from each other and exhibit different behaviors. He does say, though, that he hasn't calculated this all the way through. When Verlinda confronts these challenges, dark matter supporters have some explaining of their own to do, especially when it comes to McGaugh's findings about the universal relationship between galaxy rotation speeds and their visible matter content. In October, two teams of astrophysicists responded to a preprint of McGaugh's paper. Each team argued that the dark matter hypothesis can account for the observations. They said the amount of dark matter in a galaxy's halo would have precisely determined the amount of visible matter the galaxy ended up with. In that case, galaxies' rotation speeds will exactly correlate with either their dark matter content or their visible matter content. This happens even though the rotation speeds are set by both dark and visible matter combined. However, computer simulations of galaxy formation do not currently indicate that galaxies dark and visible matter contents will always track each other. Experts are busy tweaking the simulations. Arthur Kazowski of the University of Pittsburgh is one of the researchers working these simulations. He says it's too early to tell if the simulations will be able to match all 153 examples of the universal law in Magaw's dataset. If not, then the standard dark matter paradigm is in big trouble. Catherine Zurich, the dark matter theorist at Lawrence Berkeley National Lab, says this is something the community needs to look at more carefully. Even if the simulations can be made to match the data, McGaw thinks it's implausible that dark matter and visible matter would work together to exactly mimic Mond predictions at every location in every galaxy. Here's McGaugh again.
1: If somebody were to come to you and say the solar system doesn't work on an inverse square law, really, it's an inverse cube law or whatever. It just looks like an inverse square law. That's the effective force law, but but there's dark matter that's always arranged just so that it always looked that way. You would say that person is insane, right? But that is basically what we're asking to be the case with dark matter here.
0: Zurich says, given the indirect evidence and near consensus among physicists that dark matter exists, it still probably does. But she says, even if a particular hypothesis explains everything, you should still always check that there isn't something else going on. For more on this story, read Natalie Wolchover's full article, The Case Against Dark Matter, on our website. I'm Karen Shakurji. If you like what you've heard, please leave a review for us in iTunes. For news, interviews, graphics, and more, visit quantummagazine.org.